Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to the Sweet Tea Series. Today, I'm welcoming back someone who you might remember, one of the hosts of our podcast, Taylor Dawson. So I have a lot of questions about what you've been up to and everything. Number one, how dare you? You've been <laughs> Kelly Kapoor. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the office quote. I feel like I want to put the GIF up with it, too. You got to. You got to, because there's going to be some people so, in the yeah, audience. Yeah, but number one, where, how dare you? Where oh, have you been, Taylor? Just... You left for two months. I've been here on my own. What's been going on? Where have you been? Well, uh, got married. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, man, pulling off a wedding is a big accomplishment. I'm the type of person that my whole life has been like, guys, it's an event. Like, it's not that hard. Like, wait, you've actually been, oh, you were just thinking it wasn't gonna be hard to plan or you were like, oh, it's fine. It can be simple. Wh which one was it? Oh, sorry. Like my whole life, I've been the person who's been like, you know what, guys, like y'all dramatize weddings too much. Like, it's not that hard. Like, it's a check, 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 check. You get it, whatever. Like, it's gonna be so fun to plan. And, uh, it had challenges that I did not foresee. So that was interesting. So, you know, that's a big hurdle that we went through is checking off that box, pulling <laughs> off a major event. Um, my now husband was basically the wedding planner and he did a phenomenal job. That's mm -hmm. crazy seeing him step into that. So uh, the last time I saw Taylor was actually, or before you came back, was at your wedding, I yes. think, on the actual day, which it was beautiful. Did you did you end up doing the flowers yourself too? Or was that... Either way, it was it was beautiful. Like there were just so many pops of colors. There were um, the beer bureaus or like the donkey the beer bureaus. Yes, I oh, yeah. It. <laughs> so it was Mexican Independence Day that we got married, and I so did not make that connection. That's funny. <laughs> and so we wanted beer bureaus either way, and then it was like, okay, now we have to have them as like a little nod of like, hey, like we're in Texas, we but have it beer bureaus. The mixed drinks were cute, and then um, yeah, but beautiful day. Thank you. Yeah, super awesome event. Did Brian plan all? Oh, of it, he or? was like in charge of all the logistics, like. Like he let me be like in charge of like creative direction. Okay. And then he was just like Mr. Task oriented, checking boxes off, making sure everything arrived on time. It was great. I feel like that's definitely not the, oh, <laughs> the way yeah. wedding planning is going for me right now. It's not normal. <laughs> We're doing it's the, I, I've taken on the, the big wedding planner role in addition to my day job here. I do that. That's yeah, a, I'm not letting yeah. as a wedding planner at the moment for myself. Yeah. You leave and then you go back to work, but for wedding planning. Kind of. I it's, finally it's checked off a caterer. I picked out a bridesmaid's dress, so things are moving along. Congratulations. But... That's a big deal. So you got Check married. Yes. And you've been after that. <laughs> so we were in a super unique position mm -hmm. um, where we got to take an extended amount of time. He has family that lives overseas. And so we were just going to do a cruise around like Italy and that area and then it just kept getting extended because there's like family here and then friends going here so um so you said I, wait his family's abroad or a lot of them are yeah he has okay. a family abroad yeah in Holland and so um they were doing like a little reunion so like okay well we want to see them we want to go here man like what we're, we're in Europe like we right. might as well just see as much as we can while we're here because you know it's such like a like it's so exhausting trying to get to Europe in general for America. So uh, it ended up being like almost a five-week trip. Wow. Which sounds magical. And there were a lot of high highs and some <laughs> low lows. Oh, no. um, but we can get into that later. So my friend, actually, I was talking to her the other night. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, she's like, so how is your Euro moon? And I was like, what? And she goes, you know, honeymoon, but in Europe, a Euro moon? And I was like, okay, that's amazing. Like, that's exactly what I'm going to call it for my Euro moon. Yes. Um, yeah. So walk me through it. So it was like, how did you get over to Europe? What was that? 
was it like an easy flight over? But you said you went on a cruise first. Yeah, or? so we went on a cruise, um, kind of like around the Amalfi. It's, we started in Rome, and mm-hmm. it took off from there. Went around. We got to see parts of Italy, parts of uh, Croatia. Dubrovnik was super I cool. Croatia is beautiful too. Yeah, like shockingly, like one of the funnest ports on our cruise. Which it was my first time on a cruise also. So, you know, I had a lot to learn on that. I still need to get that bucket list item checked. I haven't done a cruise yet. Would you recommend after going? I would, yeah. I think you need to do a lot of research on which cruise line you pick for sure. Like you can definitely mess yourself up getting on the wrong cruise, but you can have an amazing time getting on the right cruise. So y'all like the one that you, you yeah, guys are choosing? Yeah, he is an amazing researcher and like gotcha. found a new ship. So it was super clean and, you know, the staff is like super peppy because it's like the first leg. And so he did a really good job picking nice. that out. And after that, we met some of his family like in the Tuscany region-ish, mm-hmm. like we were like near Tuscany, um, hung out with them. And then his parents were in town, or in town. His parents were also in Rome, so then we went up to Rome and stayed there for a little while and hung out with them. And then we bounced over to Spain, and we kind of were in, like, the southern area. We did a volleyball camp with a bunch of Europeans. A volleyball camp? Yeah. Did you, like, already have that planning going in, or was that something that was, like, more that was spontaneous like, We had, like, a week in between. No, it was planned. We had, like, a okay. week in between seeing friends and family, so we're like, let's do a volleyball camp together. That would be awesome. Is so that it was something like, y'all, like, got, or bonded over originally in your relationship, yeah. or all oh, of this adorable? Yeah, we got really, we got super into volleyball um, when we were here, and so it's so funny because, like, we're newer to volleyball, but right. we're both really tall. So whenever we walk into the courts, everyone are like, oh, I want them as my partner. I want them. And I'm like, <laughs> he's amazing. I'm like, I'm not amazing. I'm like, guys, like, don't, you don't, okay, you, trust me. You don't want me as your partner yet. I'm going to get there. Um, and then we got to see Granada and Seville, which is wow. the southern part. And then we went up to Portugal and Lisbon, stayed right outside. We met some friends. They ran a half Ironman, which was amazing. I, I was sitting there after like eating all this European food for like three and a half weeks at that point. Like, mm, I should be running the Ironman. I feel like I Did should your, be running Wait, you the said Ironman. they were in an Ironman like your friends were doing that? Yeah. Or like you and... Like uh, our friends. We met our friends. They okay. ran the Ironman. And the rest of us just like hung out at this really big How Airbnb. How was the food? So you've talked about like which parts were like the most beautiful. Where do you have like a top place for food that you enjoyed most? Um... I will get to that because oh. then we also went to northern Portugal okay. and that was stunning. Very mountainous. Porto was so cool. And then we ended in Paris. Okay. So that was our leg. And it was like literally a wild ride. As far as food goes, um, I mean, Italy, like you can't you can't beat like fresh mozzarella, basil, right. tomatoes, and bread there. And you got to meet up with someone in oh, Italy, that's right? right? <laughs> I got to see Britt when I was in Florence. Yeah, Britt, the one who's like been on the show, both yeah. as a guest and a host. Yeah, yeah. She did the she did a great job with Celine's uh, interview. Like that was yeah. a really good one. Well, how was seeing her in Italy? Y'all planned that out a little bit, right? Yeah, we totally did. It was one of those fun things where it was like, oh, I'm thinking about going to Italy, and mm-hmm. I'm like we're planning our honeymoon in Italy. And she's like, well, you know, like, we're not sure where we're going to go. And I was like, well, we're doing a cruise. So we're kind of all over the place. Right. And she's like, well, we decide we're going to be in Florence on this day. And I was like, no way. Our cruise we is in Florence that, separately that day. And just accidentally it just ended all up, lined wow. up. Yes, it was fate. So, you know, we found a little wine window and we found, like, we saw the David and it was amazing. I For me, it was like seeing all the sculptures and everything that was just like phenomenal and all the art. I mean, obviously I'm a graphic designer. I really do feel like that's something that you don't get as much of in America or maybe it's just in Texas. Like I bet in like other parts of 
of America that have been around for like a few more hundred years. You have some of that at least like older architecture, but by yeah. older, I mean like what, two centuries, Truly. not yeah. like thousands of years old, like yeah. in certain parts of Europe. Totally. So. Yeah, but even the art styles, like whenever I went to Mexico City, I feel like that's one of the things that struck me most was walking mm. into the churches and just seeing these like beautiful, beautiful paintings. So did you get to go on any museum tours or what was so it? So many yeah. museum tours. Mm. Loved it. Um, any major piece of art in any country we saw, mostly because like I forced it upon him. He's already seen like the whole world once over. And so he's like, whatever you want to do, we can do it. And I was like, thank you. Another museum. And he's like, great. I love this. <laughs> was that inspirational to you as a designer? Um, yeah. Someone who's thinking like that? Yeah. It was like I'd studied art in college. And so it was right. just so fun to see like my the spots where like my literary heroes would hang out, where wow. my favorite painters would paint and then get to see their paintings in the country where they were painting. Like was it, it all so was different like seeing like something like on a screen in a class versus in person? Oh, yeah. And it just like hit home. I was like, man, this is this is really cool. This is really cool. It um, I kept thinking of like Midnight in Paris, the movie. I don't know if I've seen Midnight in <gasps> Paris. Everyone needs to go watch Midnight <laughs> in Paris. Do you know what streaming platform it's on, or if it's in it on any? You know, it's on Netflix for a hot second, but okay. it's an old movie. Um, I will investigate later. Then, what yeah. is it about? It's about um, all the artists mm-hmm. and the writers, and basically like the peak of like culture, like right. I don't want to say what it is without giving it away. But I think basically, you got to see a lot of what you saw in the movie yes. reflected in real life. The movie does a really good or job I guess of the movie like reflecting a got bunch to of see in yeah, real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it ties a bunch of like my favorite artists and writers together, and it puts them in historical context. And so, go, like watching that movie and then going to Paris, it was like, ooh, it all comes together. So what? Um, I guess already you've gone back to a little bit of the graphic design and all that stuff since you've been back how has that um the stuff you saw there has it already influenced your work at all or anything you're doing um or any future plans maybe yeah. if not something you've already done yeah so i great question i it's really easy to get burnt out being a graphic right. designer because you're constantly on the screen and you're having to take things from the re- real world and translate it onto screen and digital and even when you print it it's like it's not as tactile as like you know you can have a scrapbook where you feel the stickers mm-hmm. you feel the texture and you see the depth from the shadows um and it's another thing to have a flat piece of art that's a scanned scrapbook you know right. like it's a different sensation and so it's really easy for me to get burnt out designing a lot and so the first part of you know the the trip was just me kind of hanging out and not being on the screen mm-hmm. I wasn't on social media I just kind of took my eye to sim card in so like I couldn't text anyone so it was really just like let me just see and give my eyes a break and then it wasn't until right. the end of the trip when I was in like Porto in France when I was like "Ooh, I'm starting to get like really inspired and France was like the most inspirational um but there is a little bookstore. Uh, it's called the most beautiful bookstore in the world. And the line was crazy out the door. We were so lucky we were able to get in. Um, and I can tell you why we get in. And, you know, just a second. I had like a an ailment that I was able to use to Actually, get let's, inside. Actually, let's start there. Do you want to tell? So you, I guess this trip was... Um... At, at the end of the day really did cause like took your blood sweat and tears to get through all of it so it did. what happened to you taylor so uh if any of you have been on a cruise ship you know that there are little ledges on the floor like everywhere like you know you're just walking and then all of a sudden the ground's not flat 
and all of a sudden the boat is just kind of like this and then it tilts a little bit and it's not that noticeable but it's enough for you to kind of like you know lose your footing so um yeah if you haven't been on cruise ship when you walk into your cabin like your room your suite or whatever um you have a bathroom in there and the bathroom is elevated it's like up an inch and a half and so i probably stubbed my toe on that ledge every single time i walked in there it was the most annoying thing i could not believe it and then just a couple days into the cruise um i wasn't paying attention and i just like ran over to the bathroom was just like one second like before we head out like let me run and then i just tripped and like fell i heard the crack and i I was like literally like on the ground in the bathroom i was like this is not happening. This is not happening. So I broke my I hadn't hand. heard the story yet. I just knew that it happened. Yeah. So yeah. How, what, what part of your hand was it? It was just like the side. So I clenched my fist, like, you know, and I guess that's what you're not supposed to do. Although like maybe it was better because if I put my hands down, it could have been my be wrist. wrist. Right. Which would have been like a lot rougher of a recovery. But um, yeah. So me being typical me, I was like, it's not broken. I heard the pop, I hear the pain, I see the bruising, it's 100% not broken. Um, And I was trying to convince myself of this because we had our volleyball camp coming up. And Oh, this was before volleyball camp? Yeah. This is like at the beginning of the trip. Beginning of the trip. Um, And I was just in denial and I cooked with it. You know, like this hand went through a lot before we saw a doctor. How many um, days did you wait to go see someone? I feel like it was like a week maybe. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time. Um, don't do that, guys. Just go to the doctor. But we were in Europe, so I was like, well, where are we going to go? And so it was a Sunday, and we ended up in Rome, and I, like, picked up my my bag, like, my purse, and it slipped in between my fingers, and it, like, yanked it, and I was like, okay, mm. like, that was a big pain. Um, uh-oh. And I look over, and the bruising starts getting worse, and, uh, yeah, my husband looks at me, and he's like, we need to go to a doctor. We just need to get it over with. Like, we're going to have to go. Right. And I was like, but it's a Sunday and we're in Rome. Like, what are we supposed to do? He's like, we're going to have to go to an ER. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to an ER. Like, that's too, it's like, right. this is too much, guys. I broke a boat. Like, I just <laughs> do not want this much attention. And so um, that was an experience going to a Roman hospital. But um, what is there... I guess you got to see a different healthcare system. Yes, yes, I did. Than what we have here. What was that? What does that look like? I guess you're like you're in the middle of Rome. You need to go to a doctor. I guess an ER is what you're trying to find. Mm-hmm. Walk, I guess walk us through what what happened and like what would have happened to you if you were here instead. So we great can... question. So thing with Europe, mm-hmm. um, in general, is that their healthcare is very different. And I feel like in America, we're you know there's people here that are like, man, like we need universal health care, you know, which is very socialistic. Like we need everyone to have access. It needs to be free. Like this should like this is a basic human right. Right. And it's like, ooh, that sounds so nice. Uh, But what does it look like in practicality? And, you know, all the different countries, it looks different, you know, for each one. Like Germany, I hear like people don't hate the healthcare system too much over there but like consistently it's always like long lines long lines and like you have to like schedule to have a baby or else like you're not going to get in you know crazy stuff like that and so we in this foreign country are just trying to find like the er and we eventually find the hospital and it's like we're trying to ask people like okay well where is the er because it was basically this beautiful old building that was just it was so be- you know and they wow. turned it into a hospital mm-hmm. except 
they didn't keep it its pristine beauty. It was like you had this beautiful foyer, foyer, <laughs> foyer, foyer that um you would <laughs> yeah, like walk into in with Texas a grand, now, you know, <laughs> that like had this grand staircase, but it was like kind of dim lit and a little like dirty, and you know, it, you could tell oh, like it was. So it was something that was a beautiful building. Yeah. Okay. Emphasis on was, and right. then you would go into like these little hallways where they would like put up new walls and you know I'm sure there's a beautiful brick underneath but like it was everything was just like very industrialized on the inside um so we get up there and like their wayfinding system which as a graph designer a wayfinding system is little direction points that help you navigate usually with visuals right they're very important like I feel like if you go to an ER here yeah in Austin there's like arrows that point to different directions exactly. right and, and it's very little important. symbols on it with like people acting out what it is yeah yeah there's a lot of studies on what they use so that literally in an emergency you can navigate if you can't read english if you can't read period like you'll be able to navigate to where you need to go by this wayfinding system mm-hmm. while their wayfinding system just was non-existent and so for a while we were like, are we in the ER section? Because it was just kind of like a wide hallway. And there were a couple of us just standing there and like no one had acknowledged us. And like my hand is in pain. Like I am in pain, pain. And, and is I'm... everyone speaking Italian? There? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so in Rome, there's a lot of people who speak English. Here at the hospital, I was surprised that like there wasn't a lot of English speakers. Okay. But that's fine, right? I'm not over here entitled like, well, why don't they speak English? It's more just like I was surprised compared to the outside world that I had experienced that was very traverse travel friendly where they spoke a lot of English so anyways go inside the hospital I'm standing there we haven't been acknowledged and I'm like are we even in the right place are we just wasting our time right people keep like right at the ER exit like where the ears are literally put like the ambulances are pulling up to like bring people in which I would always like cover my eyes I was like I don't want to see I don't want to see I'm sure it's someone on a motorcycle oh, no. mo- like you know a Vespa or something and yeah. those are like the worst um t- the the nurses were coming out taking smoke breaks smoking on, like right outside of the hospital like 10 of them there just like taking a little smoke break and I finally was just like hi excuse me does, do any of you guys speak English and they all kind of pointed to each other like no and they're like you know they're kind of like saying like do you need something and I was like yeah is this the ER like am I at the ER is this the right place where I should be standing and they were like oh yeah yeah just go in there and talk to them so it was like okay this kept getting shooed away yeah and oh, so no. I was like all right and so I I told my husband I was like if we don't get seen because we'd been there for a while it's like if we right. don't get seen and the next like I'm gonna give it 10 minutes let's just go home find a private doctor we'll go to it right. next week you know we keep we're, we're told like oh, well it's gonna be free it's gonna be free so like don't even worry about it it's like okay well I wouldn't want to pay for this anyways like this is not the service <laughs> that I would want to pay for and so we finally get seen and she takes my ID, she types it in, and then she hands me a piece of paper with a number on it. And I was like, oh, okay. And Brian was like, see, we're gonna get seen. Like, they're they're okay. more efficient here. And so I was like, okay. I was like, well, I feel like we're gonna go into another waiting room. And so we had this like little like, bet going like, okay, well, where are we gonna end up? And sure enough, it was in another waiting room. And I was like, was the number like what order you were going to be in for that? Y- okay. Yeah. And so, but it was cool because they, they had it up on this TV, but like- Do you remember what number you were? I think it was 13. Okay, so I can take a while still. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and so it's like not that low of a number. So like the, it's not packed, but like the room itself, it just doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't feel like a waiting room. It's more like there were a bunch of chairs in a room that it was like, here, you can sit here. And so I was like sitting on like a gurney because that was like the only spot left. And, you know, me being me, we're in a foreign country and people so are just coughing like and sneezing. sort of yeah. chairs that they just, okay. Yeah, and I don't want to like sit next sit to someone who's like coughing up along. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to scooch over here and <laughs> sit on this gurney that like 
I guess I can sit on because <laughs> I don't know. It's in the room. <laughs> yeah, people are just sitting wherever. And so then I realized when they finally called us, they called us by group. So we are group 13. And so I quickly realized anyone oh, no. with like okay. broken bones would be in this group. And okay. so we all got shuffled together. So it was me and six other people. It was a little gotcha. boy and his parents and then a couple. And so and then another guy. And so we all like were escorted to another waiting I've room. I've never heard of group things and stuff like that okay right and so we're sitting outside the orthopedist and i'm last right like they prioritize me of like you know they they also prioritize you on like when you need attention and within that group i was last gotcha and so it's like okay like i've actually been through something similar i'm not complaining that's okay like Mm -hmm. i know mine is broken but whatever and so we're sitting we're sitting outside of the orthopedist and I talked to the girl and I was like do any of you guys speak English can someone walk me through what's happening because we walked through this like corridor this little maze and I'm kind of getting freaked out because like the lights are dingy like there's stuff on the floor like there's did just everyone m- else seem comfortable who was around you like did the yeah, rest they were of just your bill like, happening like what a, yeah they like okay. they were just very like whatever and there were like medical supplies like along the wall you know and like there were like people in gurneys was it giving like horror movie yeah. vibe with the like the flashing lights yeah. sort of feel <laughs> yeah and like hospitals alone really freaked me out and so I'm sitting there waiting for the orthopedist and she's like yeah he's like he specializes in bones like you'll be good to go and I was like oh it's so nice to talk to you like you speak English so great right anything I need to be aware of and she was just like uh well she's like the lady sitting next to you like she seems like she's like mentally insane so just like watch out and I was like what and so like I look over and she's like speaking really loud in Italian so I was like oh, okay I'm just gonna sit here and act normal and just hope I don't upset her and so she's like yeah I don't know I just thought you should be aware and I was like okay okay and then I look to my left and there's like a dark room and it's like bodies laying on gurneys and I was like are they dead like are they dead like I don't know and I started really freaking myself out and I was like where are they? Oh my gosh. Like, I Did don't you ever know. find out? Well, one of them started moving and like okay. rotated. And I was like. Was that more or less freaky than if they had been dead? You know, dealer's choice at that point. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just glad he read. But wow. I saw it and I was like, that, is, that was so sad so for me to see. So they just all in the hallway? Like just. Sorry, they were in a room next to our oh, hallway, okay. like in a dark room, okay. all laying in gurneys. And it was gotcha. just so sad of like, okay, if this is free healthcare, like, I don't want that. And I felt mm. bad. I was like, I wish that they were in like. It doesn't have to be a private room, but, like, the lights are on. They're being attended to by a nurse. It's, like, all these people. But it feels instead like they were just left in a dark room just yeah. off the side. Wow. Yeah. It was really, and they were all older and, you know, with heart monitors and stuff. Oh, wow, and it was, sad. like, man, like, that was just, it was sad to see. And so I'm the last one to get called. I go in, and I was, like, do you speak English? And the doctor was, like, yes, I speak English. What? What's wrong? And I was, like, mm-hmm, okay. And my husband wasn't allowed to come in with me. They're like, you wait outside. And I was, like, what? Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, well, we're married. Like, isn't yeah. that whatever? And so I was like, so I fell. How long ago? Um, Like a week ago. He's like, why are you just now coming to us? And I was like, um, I feel like I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm i coming to you because da, 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 and I filled him in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he checked my hand by like squeezing it. And I literally, was, he was like, does this hurt? And I was like, no. Does this hurt? No. Does this hurt? And I was like, yes, like that hurts so bad. Please So to be there. fair, whenever I did fracture my wrist here in America, they do the... Yeah. At least they, did they did push that it hard, though. Well, kind you? of. Well, it depends because if it's basically depending on your reaction, kind of indicates whether or not it's broken or a sprain. 
So I believe that that's like normal practice. I just felt like he was being a little like cavalier. Yeah, he was just kind of like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, does that hurt? Okay, fine. You can go get x-rays. Wow. So then it ended up just being me and one other person. So like as we progressively moved to our next destination, more and more people started dipping off. So I just assumed we were the only two that potentially had broken Broken. bones. And so as we're being guided to the next one, like I like... My girl who spoke English, like, she's gone. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's not broken. I just, I was like, no, my, like, my friend. <laughs> no. And they told Brian, like, you need to go wait outside, like, outside the hospital. Like, you so can't even be in So was that the case here. for all of the other patients as well? Like, it was just no, them, No, like, family? well, the kid got to keep, like, his okay, family stayed with them, which made sense. But I was just like, why can't my, whatever. And so we're walking to this one, like, to get our x-rays. And this is, like, the creepiest part to me. We you know, go back through the lobby, enter through this radiation door. And so I'm just like, okay, like this is, this feels like it's in a horror film, but whatever. And uh, we walk through and there's like people on gurneys in the hallway and they're all just kind of pushed up against each other. There's lockers that are kind of open with like medical supplies falling out. And then I look and I just felt like there was this IV like connected to the pole or whatever, but like it had like, it was just exposed on the ground. It had like blood on it. I was just like, Oh my gosh, like that is like it just felt unsanitary, I guess, right? So dangerous. Oh like gosh. you should never have like mm-hmm. that's like a like literally a hazard. Like mm-hmm. your like hazmat team would have to like clean that up if it was an American hospital. And then this like old man's out on a gurney and the ner- like a male nurse comes up and just kinda like is like, all right, lay down, like jabs him with the needles, like not gentle about it. and I was just like, Oh, I don't like I do not like this at right. all. And so like I'm sitting in this little plastic chair you know the kid is next to me where I'm kind of like all right I, I have a buddy like I have a buddy we're good <laughs> there's like no natural light and there's like no open windows around you which is normal but this just felt a little bit more eerie and um I get called first and there's like other people all around like I don't understand what's happening. this is like a multifunctional like hallway like things are going on people are in gurney okay. like it just doesn't make any sense and I'm like constantly terrified I'm gonna see someone who like was in a major accident like has a giant gash on their face like I was stressing by what I was gonna accidentally come across so I finally go to get my x-ray taken and I ask do you speak English and he starts laughing he's ah no <laughs> and Classic I was like, American question. I know. And I was like, again, fair. You don't need to speak English. You're not in America. Um, but he had such a good positive attitude and was just like so funny. And he kept like saying, like, he just had such positive energy. I was like, yes, this is what I want. Like, right. why is like everyone not like, everyone just seemed like they were in a constant bad mood. And so he takes my picture. And so I just ask him, I'm like, broken? And he goes, oh, broken snap and I was like yeah I was like can I look at it he goes sure come on back so he like (laughs) let me look at the x-ray and stuff and I was like yeah that's broken that's uh that really sucks and so So wait what did it look like because it was on the side of your hand right yeah was it it was just like a little like it was like mildly displaced it like literally this is my bone crack Okay. Ugh. So, you was know. it like raised? Like you could tell from the outside too that there was something there. No. Where you just thought it was, okay. No. Um, that's why I was in denial. I think partly that was one of the reasons. So, you know, I go back in with the doctor and he's like, all right you're going to need a cast. And they're just like, put your hand up. And I was like, wait, 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 can I wash my hands? Like, can I trim my nail? Like, uh, if this is going to be in a cast, like right. I want to make sure that like, it's not gross. And they're like, no, like this needs to be in a cast immediately. And so they, wait, they didn't let you wash your hands or anything. No. They were like, if you move it or something or catch it, like, it could be a big problem. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. But I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like people here would have still sanitized it or done yeah, something first. I want to put, yeah, exactly. And so he, like, the, the nurse starts putting it up and she, like, puts um, 
stuff we used in like elementary school, like the plaster that mm-hmm. you, like you dip in the water and, and put like on. Like almost a paper mache sort of thing? Yes, exactly. And so she starts putting that and she's wrapping cotton and then she eventually just wraps it with like this like tape stuff. Like medical tape? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, um, so is this a cast? And she's like, yeah, this is a cast. Well, she says in Italian and the doctor translates. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, oh, um, so I started asking questions. Like, do, like they put it all the way down to like my elbow. I was like, does it need to be this long? You know, this, that, this, that. And I just felt like it like it didn't make sense what they were doing. And it just felt very like it Awkward, hurt. Right. And like it was like pushing into my skin. So I was like, okay thank you. And, you know, the doctor was just like, yeah. So like, he's just being very matter of fact. And then I was like getting like really sad because, you know, I'm on my honeymoon and I just broke my hand like right. this at the beginning, like this. And now you awful. have a cast that goes from like, did it go all the way to the end of your fingers? Yeah. Or like, like all the way to the dead. Oh, and I was so just like from here to here, just cast on your arm. And it's just like this big fluffy cat. Like it's <laughs> not a cast. It's not yeah. a cast. And, and I was just so sad. And he like, I finally like, I was like, I was like, it's my honeymoon. And he was like, oh, okay. And like, he like softened up and he was like, so yeah, you're not going to get this taken off until October 31st. And I was like, wow, that's the day we get back to America. Like, this is so So did you have to wait until you got to America to get off? Yeah. Wow. What did, so I guess (sighs) they get to see. That's my long-winded story. But I want to know what your doctor said in America when he sees this European cast (laughs) thing that's not a real cast. Like. Did he react? Like, well, did he automatically notice it was not? Oh an yeah, American? They, they knew. What it was, did he? What did they yeah. say? Well, so I will say that we also went to a private doctor in Spain. Okay. And so this is, in my opinion, even funnier. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be great treatment, private doctor, like, right. in a in a country oh, actually, where everything's let's free. Let's go back really quick. Yeah. So you leave this Italian doctor. Oh, yes. What's the sign out process like? Great like you, question. In America, it's like, okay, I go to the counter. Yes. We talk about mm-hmm. insurance, or they give me whatever papers I sign it. I'm either paying or insurance covered. So what what happens in what happens there? Yeah. So I um I looked at the doctor and I was like, okay, so what do you do? He's like, go home. And I was like, just leave. And he's like, what kind of question <laughs> is that? And I'm like, what kind of answer is that? Like, what's <laughs> happening right now? So I just like walk out. Like I'm like I'm not escorted out. You feel I feel like you're like robbing them. Or? Yeah, I just like feel like I had to like navigate my way out of the hospital, and then I just walk out, and I was like, well, and I just held up my like my husband's like sitting across like on the bench like waiting for me outside, and I just like put my hand up, and I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, so like that was a checkout process. So you go to Spain, leave. you're now seeing a private doctor. Was mm-hmm. that like a similar experience, or was it much better what you were expecting? Uh, it was. Partly what I was expecting, partly what okay. I was not expecting. So the part that I was happily, like, pleasantly surprised with is, like, he was, like, a major surgeon. The doctor saw me personally. Like, it's amazing when you pay for the healthcare. Totally different. Oh, wow. Okay. I was seen immediately. The office was beautiful. They all spoke English. They're very kind. Um, they had, like, a great x-ray machine, like a modern one. The um, doctor himself put on my new cast. But here's here's the funny part that I was with the nurse. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, I'm going to get a real cast, right? Because in the U.S., it's fiberglass. It's hard on the outside, right? Like you can tap right. it and people can sign it. And so I was just pumped. Did so you want to collect signatures throughout Europe? Of oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We were at the volleyball camp at that point. They're like, okay, we want to sign your cast. I'm like, yeah, like we're going to make it fun. And so... But as, was it like a squishy material? Wait, so as yeah. we're walking in to get it, like to get the cast put on, I asked the nurse, I was like, so can I pick a color? And she's like, huh, um, well, I think it's just going to be white. 
And so I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, I'm fine with like a white cast. It'll, yeah. I got married, Honeyman. It makes sense white. No. They put on the exact same type of cast that I just got, except oh. it was way more comfortable, but they also made it way thicker. So I'm not kidding. Just picture a cast wrapped in cotton that looked like a cotton swab. <laughs> it was so, it was so thick. Cast. It was like this thick on my hand <laughs> and so everywhere I went like whenever you know because at the volleyball camp they would have like you know like disco dance and so you'd stop playing volleyball and you'd run onto the sand and start like dancing disco mm -hmm. and so I would do this and it was like called the cotton swab and I was like <laughs> do the cotton swab and I'm like oh, okay and so yeah then when I got back to the U.S. they told me they're like yeah so this is definitely splint um it's not a cast and we probably would have done something similar for like maybe two weeks but she's like you really should have like been able to move it more because like your nerves are going to start to go asleep essentially. Oh, gotcha. And so I had that Wait, thing on. Wait, so then on. did it like end up impacting you then not having? Yeah. So because it was like rigid for six weeks, um, I, like basically my nerves went to sleep. And so she's like structurally, she's like, it's fine. But she's like, you're going to have to do a lot of like rehab to movement. To, to like get the movement back in there and your grip strength up and she's like it's gonna be kind of painful but like you know you can do it like it's just gonna be a little while it's gonna be some pain you know this is my dominant hand so I write with it right. I work with it um and so when she told me that I was like wow that's ex the exact opposite of what I was told they were like if you even move this a little bit you could like completely damage your hand wow yeah so she was like well she's like I mean yeah, but like you have to have some movement, some blood flow like that also helps with like healing and th the hand is unique, right? Normally, right. you would want to stabilize something completely. So, so, that, so I was kind of like, oh, great. So not only did I have a cast for longer than I needed, but it, now it's going to be painful getting it back. So, um, so in yeah. conclusion, what you're saying is that you love socialized healthcare and we need that in America. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. So for all of you um, friends out there who say like, we need universal health care, just like know that it may not be what you picture. It could actually be so much worse. And it is good to have competition, especially in the healthcare industry. Right. Um, yeah, because again, like going to the private doctor versus the public, it was like night and day difference. And then I guess what you're also saying is like, you see the system different mm -hmm. as well, because like, the difference between even the private doctor in Europe to an American doctor, the healthcare system here is just a little bit more. Advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, if you're like paying for your healthcare, like it is a service they're providing right. for you. You are paying for this service. There's an exchange of goods. Like you're not entitled to it. Like, and people who go into this industry, you know, are wanting to make a living and they're going to want to work hard. Right. They're going to want to get really good schooling versus it felt like the socialized medicine was. You know, like this is, you know, a job I know I can get. A lot of the nurses were not like necessarily skilled. They were more of like paperwork and like shuffling people around type nurses, gotcha. not just like registered. I mean, I could be wrong there, but that's that was the impression that I got mm -hmm. because they would always refer me to a different nurse who would do like, you know, putting in an IV. Like you could tell like the guy walking around was not the same one doing that. So, um, yeah, it just it was it was night and day difference. And I I like it just only reaffirmed that like we do not need universal health care. Oh, but the other point I was going to make is like, you know, then people feel entitled to it. And then the people working there aren't as inspired to help because it's like it's not competitive. Like the salary they make is the salary they make and that's it. And it doesn't matter if they do a good job or a bad job. Like they're not losing their job. Right. There's funding secured for it. So, you know, what's the incentive structure? You always have to ask, like, what is the incentive structure? And in that case, you doing a 
mediocre job taking a break you're gonna get paid the same at the end of the day yep. so why would you exactly do something to help so i'm sorry your time in rome was not as good but you you really enjoyed paris though right paris was like probably my favorite trip or my favorite part of the trip and I know people probably look at me and they're like, oh, well, of course it's your favorite part of the trip. I mean, you look like a girl who just like wants to go to Dior. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I did go to the Dior Museum, but that's not why I loved it. Like, it was not at all what I expected. I guess part of the other reason I'm interested in Paris is because like, I feel like in media, there's a lot more about it. So like, did you ever watch, um, did you ever watch Emily in Paris, the TV um, show? Yes. So I, I only watch admittedly like the first two seasons of it, I think, but I wanted to see like... I guess, what was the comparison between seeing the TV show, seeing it in real life? Did you get to see any of the spots that you saw uh, in the show? Yeah. So I I remember watching that first. I think I was like, it was like still during COVID and like we're still pretty like locked down. And I remember watching it being like, no, like dumb show. Like that was why. And then I watched the second season because there also wasn't much on because. I think that is why I watched it the first time. It was COVID and there was nothing else to do. I think they got really fortunate by releasing that when people had a, when they had a a trapped audience. on their hands. Yeah. 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 Um, And. (laughs) Trapped audience. (laughs) And then the second season, it was like, okay, this is a little better. And then by the third season, I was like, okay, I feel like they've worked through their kinks. Like this is, this is a good show. I'm really starting to like it. Uh, so I definitely encourage you to get to to week three. Um, <laughs> so here's some things that they got right. Everyone smokes cigarettes. Annoyingly smokes. Like, it's like you're just standing there. And at one point I was like, are you 12 years old? Because you look 12 years old and you're just saying. Oh, I mean, so it's like kids, adults, everybody has a yeah, cigarette. Yeah, like gotcha. super old guy, like coughing on the streets and he has a cigarette. And I'm like totally normal and the amount of time smoke was blown on my face as i was trying to have a leisurely stroll in but that's Paris. Just normal i guess yeah so they were just were like smoking? i mean they weren't trying to be rude it was just like and you're like oh my gosh excuse me like i'm, tr- I'm walking here <laughs> all the time um yeah i the people were way friendly so here's what i was told about paris there's bed bugs. Watch out. There's a huge epidemic on bed bugs in Paris. I had not heard that, but that is so, I read so many articles. I was like, I do not want bed bugs, please. That was a biggie. Um, I was told that people are going to be rude. They don't like Americans. That's what I've heard about France specifically, too. Totally. Yeah, me too. 100%. Um, and that's been like the most consistent one. The third one was like, it's going to be dirty. So like, don't go there thinking you're going to have an Emily in Paris moment because it just doesn't exist. You know, it's going to smell bad. There's going to be trash on the ground. Like, you're just not going to like it. Um, and then the fourth one was like, the food is just like, wild, like escargot and all this. Like, you're just not, you're not going to enjoy it. And um, you know, like so just, let's start like one by one. Bed bugs, yes, no. Bed bugs, we we're did fortunate. We did them? not get any bed bugs. Okay, so first thing dispelled. The second one that you said was um, oh, friendliness. Yeah, like what what was it like then instead? I felt like I made friends. Like everywhere oh, really? I went, I was I was so intimidated to speak French because like you know I was told that they were going to be like mean. So I'm like, why would I right. even try? But like everyone is generally like really friendly. I will. I do have a funny story though about like. So France was like one of the, or Paris was one of the few places that like the majority of people did not speak English. Like they were very confident in French. Why would they learn English versus like, and I guess I think partly because they're not based solely on tourism, like a place like Rome makes a lot of their money on tourism. Um, So they need to acclimate to the audience, which is English speakers versus Paris. It's like they have tons of industry there. Like they don't necessarily need to cater to the English audience. And so a lot more people did not speak English there. The rest of our trip, 
almost everyone would speak English. So that was actually an amazing thing about Europe in general is how many people could also speak English. Um, but while I was there, all you can drink is espresso. They don't have drip coffee in Europe and especially not in France. And so I went to a cute little coffee shop and it's like, this is going to be such a fun mm -hmm. little magical experience. I'm going to get a croissant, a croissant, <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. And I walked in and I was like, oh, they have a latte. Because when I was in Rome, I made the mistake of asking for a latte and the lady was like, latte. And I was like, a latte. And she goes, latte. It's like, yes. Wait, what does it mean in Rome? Uh, a big cup of steamed milk. Oh. Cafe latte is what I should have ordered. Uh, yes. Gotcha. And even then, like most people don't get that. They get cappuccinos. Right. So when I saw a latte on the board, I was like, great. Can I have a ca like cafe latte? And he goes, uh, oui. And I was like, sorry, do you speak English? She goes, no, not well. And I was like, okay, maybe I can try speaking French. Okay. And then I saw like a bottle of vanilla syrup and it was like 50 cents more, 50, whatever. What is the scent of euros? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever like, is it still cents? I don't know if I ever asked You were that. asking the wrong person. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Our, our producer over here is, or our film guy over here is saying yes. And in fact, it is cents. So 50 cents. 50 cents for like syrup and i'm like okay, okay way more expensive coffee in france than everywhere else in europe because we would get like a dollar for a cappuccino right amazing um so i was like perfect and can i get vanilla in there and he goes yes and then he pulls me around the corner because we have all these different flavors oh wow he goes you can pick whichever one and so i was like oh like really good flavors beautiful old bottles and i'm kind of like man he's just letting me he's gonna open up a fresh one that's nice so i came back to him and i was like no i think i'll just stick with the vanilla he goes okay so he rings me up and the bill was more expensive than i would have thought it would be for like a latte and a croissant and so i was kind of like hmm okay and so he gives me my little croissant and then he goes to the back gets a big jug of vanilla, puts it in a bag, and gives it oh. to me. And I was like, did I just order a huge glass <laughs> bottle of French oh. vanilla that is going to be way too heavy in my suitcase? This is the end of our trip. I do not have any extra despair. You were so despair. close to getting out of there with the right And I didn't even get my vanilla latte. And so I was just well, like, Well, did you pour the vanilla you. into your latte? Oh, I didn't get a latte, period. Like, I don't know how that got lost in translation, but like, I did not even get a coffee. Oh, I literally no. walked out with a croissant and a bag of vanilla <laughs> but it's okay was it just the beans or was it like at least like something you could pour oh yeah it's like this beautiful glass like i'm low-key kind of like happy accident because i'm like ooh, now i can make macaroons with real french vanilla this is so exciting Wait, did you bring it back with you i did oh, i wasn't nice. gonna leave it it was like a 15 euros for this thing <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> i leave it in the room and i like try to hide it and my husband comes back after like and like meets me out for lunch you're me, like someone's it, gonna steal my vanilla well it was more just like i was like um i just don't want to tell him that i made this big of an air yet because <laughs> oh, that's gotcha. kind of rough like it's really heavy and it was mm -hmm. kind of pricey and so and completely unnecessary and so he like we like meet for lunch and he was like so so why is there a giant thing of vanilla in a glass jar in the room? And I was like, I'm sorry. And I told him the whole story. <laughs> he let me keep it. So we're good. So you got your vanilla. You're going to make some macaroons. Yeah, get it. ready. I'm going to bring him you into the studio. You can have your Emily in Paris moment. Yes. But then I'll share it with you because I can have Absolutely. a macaroon. Okay, what flavor do you want? I'll make any flavor. It better be French vanilla. You know, I've maybe French vanilla. That sounds mm. fantastic. <laughs> I can do that for you. Be real authentic. So um, let's wrap everything up here. You've talked about your trip all around across Europe. And I think something that a lot of uh, younger people go through whenever they're in college is they have these opportunities, especially in college, to do study abroad programs or um, even in their um, 
there's summers who like want to like you know just take a trip because they yeah. see all their friends doing it first of all what would you encourage for people who want to um who are younger let's say like let's say college age what how do you think that someone could go about being able to do these sorts of travels and um, get yeah. a look at the rest of the world. Yeah, I would say for me in college and even as like a young adult, I had a very different perspective than my peers. I was paying for college myself. And so I tried to get into study abroad programs, but like financially it never really worked out. Even if the trip was covered, like I still had bills I had to pay. I was paying for my own cell phone. I was paying for all my own stuff. So it just never seemed to work out. So I would say one, if you can like do a study abroad, it sounds like a great experience. Um, and I would just say like really dig into the culture while you're there. Like try not to just, you know, hang out with your friends and do normal stuff, like really put yourself out of your comfort zone. But even more uniquely, if you're in your young 20s and you graduate from college and all of a sudden you just start to see all your friends going these crazy European trips or they're going down to these epic beaches across the world or they're traveling to Asia, like you're in your young 20s, like how are you affording that? And usually what I found is the answer is you don't. You put it on credit cards. You oh, wow. say you're going to pay it later. Like I told myself my 20s were for working hard and, you know, getting a stable income and getting just stability in general in my finances. And so I made the commitment, I'm not going to go on any crazy trip until I know that I can do it on a budget and like enjoy myself. I don't want to be penny pinching, getting debt and being stressed out the whole time that I'm on the trip. You know, it's kind of like a treat yourself mm -hmm. is the mentality a lot for, um, young 20s and even like in your 30s you know you see all these memes going around where it's like me working in my office and all my friends are like going to italy this summer and i'm like how like how can you do that right and so i would say like get to it like don't don't give into that fomo just work hard you eventually will go to europe and you will do it the right way so this was your first time in europe right this is yes this is my first wow. time in europe and so you got to experience it not only for like First of all, go into debt for it, be there for like a week or whatever. You got to actually spend time there yes. because you had built up what you needed to to get there. Yeah. So I was, I'm financially stable. My husband's financially stable. We're very serious about our finances. We like to do things in a healthy way, financially speaking. And so it was just amazing, especially for me as a Christian. Like I just felt like God was just, you know, giving me a little pat on the back. He's like a proud dad of like, see, like you said no to so many trips. You chose not to go in debt for this. You know, right. you didn't compare yourself to others. Um, that didn't motivate you and, and look at where that got you exactly where I told you it would five weeks in Europe, doing it the way we wanted to choosing how we wanted to spend our money. It was not being forced to like have to go one way or another, like, right. We had a budget, but it was a budget. It's not like, you know, we were like, oh, well, let's call it a budget. And it's actually not a budget. No, we had a good budget. We stuck to it. And it was a very enjoyable experience. But you were even the only reason you got to there where you were able to do that budget is because you budgeted the rest of your life as well leading up to it, right? Yes. Great point. Yeah, the whole. Yeah, you're right. Let me stay on track. The whole point <laughs> is that you spend your 20s getting financially stable. And then in your 30s, you can really have fun and have fun the right way. You're not 30 yet. You gotta, you gotta, you're early because you double down, right? That's the, yeah. <laughs> you got into a few years yeah, early. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually 29. So I turned 30 coming up pretty soon. And I'm so excited. So what you're saying is if you're extra financially responsible in your earlier 20s, you get to, <laughs> yeah. Even earlier the earlier you start this, guys, the harder sooner, you can play. Yeah. The sooner you get to Europe on your, yeah. <laughs> on your big trip. Yeah. Exactly. 
Well, definitely welcome back to the show, Taylor. And so moving forward from here, we're going to be having some new episodes. We have some that are already um, in production. Taylor's going to be taking on the hosting role for some of those. I'll be doing some of the rest of them. And we can't wait to continue with this. We will see you next Friday. Bye.